into the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. Katherine Pang, and it's so great to share this time together. Welcome to The Living Way, the podcast ministry of the Christian Life Institute, and the Christian Life Institute's purpose to grow Christians forward, to live victoriously as overcomers in, but not of the world, through the hope and healing of Christ. If you miss any of our messages, you can find a link and more information on our website at christianlifeinstitute.com. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. As we begin, you may want to grab a Bible and follow along as we share scripture throughout our time together. Our message today is titled, Grow in the Grace and Knowledge of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's read and parse through Peter's closing thoughts in 2 Peter 3, verses 14 through 18 from the ESV, with an emphasis on verse 18, and I quote, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away from the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. First, how glorious that God's work in our life does not end with our salvation, our rebirth. Unfortunately, there are many cultural Christians who go to church on Sunday, but go nowhere in their relationship with Jesus Christ. As Peter wrote in his second epistle, let us desire to grow. May the Lord burden your heart with a desire to know him more as we dig together deeper into God's word. Now let's extract and part out a few key points. Be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. What does it mean to be diligent? One definition is to show care and conscientiousness. As we have shared so many times through our blogs and podcasts, life in Christ requires an intentional, conscious, caring commitment to follow, to stay in the spirit and not wander into the flesh. We as Christ followers must desire to choose to be diligent in our life in Christ, a deep desire to stay in his way and his will and not wander into our own ways and will, which are wildly wayward as our flesh is wayward. To not intentionally wander into our flesh, which will produce spots and blemishes, as we accumulate enough just living in but not of the world, without contributing to our own demise by our own self-driven ways, and as we are choosing to be intentionally committed to our diligent way in Christ, we will find and we can choose to appropriate the peace which surpasses all understanding from Colossians 1.13. Let's examine another point from this passage. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation waiting for the return of the Lord, eager for the return of the Lord, yet knowing in God's perfect time. And what may seem as a delay to us as we would cry, come quickly, Lord Jesus, this perceived delay 
is patience for salvation for those who have yet to call upon the name of Jesus to receive the precious free gift of salvation unto eternal life. So as the passage continues, let us take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. We read earlier that we are to be diligent, and as we shared, diligence requires an intentional choice to be consciously caring, committed to the will and way of Jesus, which will provide us with peace even in the midst of the storms and even windy breezes of life. In this verse, we are to take care, which we can think of as to be mindful, cautious, aware, alert, as we read in 1 Peter 5, 8, and I quote, to be sober-minded, be watchful, for our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. As we have shared in so many blogs and podcasts, our flesh can never, ever, 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 ever be our friend, nor can this world. Did you hear? Nor can this world. That does not mean we hate. We love through the love of Christ, but God, we recognize the ways of the world are likely not the ways of Jesus. And we are, as the verse exhorts, not to be carried away with the error of lawless people. For if we are, we will lose our own stability. One of the core messages at the Christian Life Institute, CLI, is that we develop intrinsically spirit-cultivated core stability. Stability means we have the strength through Christ to stand fast, to deeply anchor into the truth of who God is according to the truth of his word, to be steadfast and immovable from 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And finally, the last verse 18, that we may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Growing. God delights to grow us. God desires to grow us. Grow us in his grace and in the knowledge of him. As we read God's word, we can be impacted more and more with a theme which we find in so many of Paul's letters, where he exhorts his fellow sisters and brothers in Christ to walk by the Spirit, as we read in Galatians, to be imitators of God, as we read in Ephesians, to be careful how we rock, as we also read in Ephesians, and to have this attitude in ourselves that we also have in Christ Jesus, as we read in Philippians, to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual understanding, as we read in Colossians, and to continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast as we also read in Colossians. The same theme found in Peter and Paul's letters is found in so many of the other New Testament letters. The author of Hebrews writes, and I quote, Let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. Paul writes in his second letter to Timothy in 2, 1 through 4, and I quote, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. The message from these verses and so many others is abundantly clear. We must choose to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. A young babe just birthed from the womb needs nourishment and instruction. The same is true for babes in Christ. The question which you and I must ask for ourselves is, am I a babe in Christ? 
Before you answer this question, understand it's not based on the number of years you have been saved. There are many who have been saved for years, 20, 30, 40, but who are spiritually malnourished because there has been no growth in the knowledge, the appropriated, digested knowledge of Jesus, no deep, intimate, personal relationship, nor a digging into God's word. Attending church is not the standard of measurement for spiritual growth. Whether you are morally good and kind is not the standard of measurement. Whether you are self-righteous and pious is not the standard of measurement. The standard of measurement is the same for both the physical and spiritual babe. How much are you eating? Without food, either physical or spiritual, there can be no growth. And for us as Christ followers, our food is the truth of God's nourishing word. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 reminds us, and I quote, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Tough questions will follow, such as, Can I really grow in grace and knowledge of God without reading his word? How can I know the manner in which I am to walk, live Christ, without knowing the character of Christ? How can I be strong in the Lord and have the victory Christ brought by his shed blood on the cross without daily practice? How can I be that soldier for Christ in his active service without discipline and commitment? Remember, these questions are not to place one under condemnation. For we know from Romans 8, 1, and I quote, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But these questions are intended to allow us to seriously ask the Lord to show you if you are spiritually malnourished. Are you spiritually malnourished? If you are, rejoice that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst, from John 6.35. Jesus will fill you. You can feast on him, abide in him, and not have to count the calories. Praise the Lord. One form of nourishment comes from commitment and continuous Bible study. One form of nourishment comes from close communion and communication with God through prayer. One form of nourishment comes from community for growth and fellowship. What ways are you seeking nourishment? David from the Old Testament wrote in so many Psalms of his love for God's precepts, his commandments, his word. In Psalm 19, seven through nine, he writes, and I quote, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The law of the Lord, God's word, his ways, David writes, restores the soul. If your soul is thirsty, weary, or hungry, come to God's word and eat freely and abundantly. His word will restore your soul. His word will quench your thirst and satisfy your hunger. There is nothing in this world that will build you up spiritually like the refreshing cool water of God's word. But David does not stop with restoration. God's word will provide you and me with pure instruction. His word will be, and I quote, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path from Psalm 119, 105. Do you need guidance? Are you feeling lost in the ways of this world? 
Are you unsure about your decisions, your lifestyle, or your choices? Then come to God's word and allow him to instruct you. His word is wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 20, Paul writes, and I quote, For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish the wisdom of the world? The wisdom of this world is foolishness compared to the wisdom of God. Yet we as a society spend billions of dollars a year seeking counsel and guidance from spiritualists, mediums, and others who follow the ways of the world and do not provide wise, Christ-centric counsel. Why do we do so when God says, and I quote, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him in James 1, 5. God's word will make wise the simple. Come to his word and ask him to soften your heart and open your understanding to receive his instruction. It is perfect and it is free. David continues by saying that the precepts, the commandments of the Lord are right. What ways and standards are you following, pursuing, allowing to have a voice in your life? How do we learn what is right according to God, the only one who is wise? Micah, a prophet of God, writing both to Israel and Judah in the 8th century, wrote in Micah 6, 8, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. So clearly the answer is to walk with him, abide in him, learn from him, and feast on his word daily. Finally, David points out in Psalm 19, 8, that, and I quote, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Don't you love the word enlightening? Read the story about Jonathan, Saul's son and David's best friend in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. Jonathan was a valiant warrior. In 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan and his armor bearer had just brought a great and glorious victory for Saul's army. Saul was the first king appointed by God to rule over the people of Israel. Although Saul began as a godly man, he quickly hardened his heart against God and became disobedient to his commandments. After this great victory, when the Lord delivered Israel, as we read in Samuel 14:23, and Saul, as we read in 1 Samuel 14:24 through 27, I quote, had put the people under an oath, saying, Cursed be the man who eats food before evening, and until I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the people tasted food, and all the people of the land entered the forest, and there was honey on the ground. When the people entered the forest, behold, there was a flow of honey, but no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard when his father put the people under oath. Therefore he put the end of the staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb, and put his hand to his mouth, and his eyes brightened. His eyes were enlightened. Although the story continues to reveal the hardness of Saul's heart, the lesson for us is drawn from the strength Jonathan received from the honeycomb. Jonathan's eyes shone brightly. He was renewed, refreshed, and made alive as he dipped his staff in the honeycomb and put it in his mouth. God's word, as David wrote, enlightens our eyes. You may have heard it said that the eyes are the windows to the soul. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke 11.34, and I quote, 
The lamp of your body is your eye. When your eye is clear, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body also is full of darkness. When we immerse ourselves in the pure commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we feast on his word, our eyes are brightened, our spiritual understanding is quickened, and our soul is nourished. David's verses in the Psalms highlight the benefits you and I can freely have from choosing to grow in grace and the knowledge of God. John's first epistle in the New Testament is also critical to our understanding of our current spiritual condition. It is so very important that we allow the Lord to penetrate the walls of our heart so that he can shine his light in us. Thus, we may surrender the dark crevices to him, allowing him to flood us with himself. John spends much time in his first epistle reminding us in John 1, 5 through 7 that, and I quote, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. To grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, we cannot be absorbed by the ways of the world. We will be unsuccessful if we try to do both. John writes in no uncertain terms in 1 John 2.15, and I quote, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let me remind us, these truths are not to condemn us but God to challenge us and, if necessary, convict us for growth in Christ. Although uncomfortable, conviction is spirit-produced and God-ordained. It allows us to confess and repent and then to receive God's great forgiveness. As we read in 1 John 1, 9, and I quote, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James exhorts us in James 4, 8 through 10 to mourn over our sin. As we read, and I quote, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Conviction hopefully and prayerfully leads to a grievedness, knowing that in our brokenness, God will meet us and restore us to himself. Confess, repent, and move on in the strength and joy of the Lord. Do not stay in that place, but receive freely God's forgiveness, and then allow him to have his way in your life. Once we acknowledge our need for Jesus, once we recognize that we are malnourished or undernourished or in need of more of him in our lives, he will feed us with his manna, the manna of life. Just as he fed the children of Israel in the wilderness, he will make you understand, as we read in Deuteronomy 8, 3, and I quote, that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Let us be exhorted and encouraged to choose a committed, steadfast decision to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. To grow in grace is to grow in the absolute freeness of the loving kindness of God. God desires that we grow in his love. 
in his unearned and unmerited favor that will bring joy and thankfulness into our hearts. To know God more is to love him more, and to love him more is to grow in him more. The first step is to allow the Lord to show you your true spiritual condition. The second step is to ask the Lord to give you an insatiable hunger for himself, his word, and his love. The third step is to do it, read the word, spend time with God, and ask him to take you to the depths of himself. Present yourself as we read in Romans 12:1, a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. The purpose of the Christian Life Institute is palpable. We want all who profess Christ to taste and see that the Lord is good from Psalm 34, 8. To want Christ truly, deeply, intimately, and personally to be your all in all. We pray this is a time of refreshment and growth. We value your prayers. We value your support. Please send any emails to admin at christianlifeinstitute.com. Thank you for joining us for The Living Way, presented by the Christian Life Institute. Our podcasts are available on Thursdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. I'm Dr. Katherine Pang. Thank you so much for joining us.